The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us on The Line of Fire. This is Michael Brown, delighted to be with you on this thoroughly Jewish Thursday. If you have a Jewish question of any kind whatsoever, related to Israel today, related to interpretation of the Hebrew scriptures, related to Jewish tradition and Jewish religion, related to Messianic prophecy. If you're a Jewish person and you differ with me about Jesus, Yeshua being our Messiah, phone lines are open, 866-348-7884. That's 866-34-TRUTH. That is the number to call. Again, you may just want to pick my brain on something. Maybe you've heard something trying to verify whether it's true or not, or you may have a bone to pick with me. Either way, glad to hear from you. Okay, I was sent an episode from the Chosen series to, to look at and to get some feedback. I, I want to do this in a God-honoring way and with great appreciation to Dallas Jenkins and the creator of The Chosen and the team that's putting this together because I, I feel very sure that many people are watching this that are not reading the Bible. And many people are becoming interested in Jesus through this. And I imagine that the creators and producers and screenwriters and actors and others have gotten many reports from many people who, who are becoming open to the gospel or who now want to read the Bible or find out more about this Jesus Yeshua. So I am really appreciative of the hard work, of the excellence, of the standard that's being set. These things are not easily done. The funding that has to go into it. I say all this with real appreciation, but with a desire to explore something together constructively. So I'm not here as a critic. I'm not here throwing stones. I'm not here nitpicking. I recognize that in an average episode, the, the, the few that I've watched, so there's much to watch, I've only watched a few. So I'm not, I'm not making a general statement about the chosen except appreciation for what's being done. But I understand in an episode, an hour, however long it is, that probably 98, 99% of the, of, of the dialogue is not in the Bible, right? There may be a biblical theme, but they're, they're creatively coming up with all kinds of other things. They're, they're filling out the characters and, and Simon Peter was like this and James was this and Judas was this and, fill, and, and adding in extra stories and things. So we understand that tons is being added that's not in the Bible. We understand that out of the gate. And therefore Jesus in the series is teaching and saying things that he'd never said as recorded in the Bible. We understand that. And there are dialogues taking place with the disciples that are not recorded in the Bible that are just someone's creative imagination. All good. I, I understand that. That's the nature of it. If, if you watched, say, the Jesus movie or, or some other movies that have been put out, there are some that base themselves exclusively on Scripture, and that's what the movie is. It, it is the Gospel of Luke, say, act it out. That's what it is, and that's how it works. So this is not that, and I understand that. The question is, is it a good idea to write one's theology as you understand scripture onto Jesus and put what you understand scripture saying elsewhere or scriptural principles on his lips 
if it's contrary to what is written in the gospels or adding something significant that's not there. So here's the scene. Uh, earlier in the episode, Jesus is telling his disciples he's going to send them out two by two to heal the sick. And it, it's done very creatively. Like, what? What do you mean you gave us the authority? We don't feel any different. We're, we're novices. We're going to go, what? And, and in The Chosen, it doesn't even quote everything Jesus said, which was, you know, go preach the, the, the kingdom of God is near, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, drive out demons, freely receive, freely give. So he doesn't say all of that. He doesn't say, you know, raise the dead, for example, when he's commissioning them. But I don't know how it played out in real life. This is how it plays out here. All right. So now you have a scene where James, his name would have been Jacob, Yaakov. Jacob, one of the, the two Jacobs who are, who are disciples of the Lord, comes to him and he's got a walking stick. Jesus calls him little James. And he says, can I have a moment with you, master? And, and um, she said, yes, of course. And he said, right, you, you know, it's hard for me to speak sometimes. And, and by the way, I'm not playing any of the clips because it's, I'm sure it's copyrighted. I'm, I'm going to play a, a tiny clip and have a copyright violation or anything like that. So I'm, I'm not, I'm just describing the scene for you, right? So it would just be automatically flagged on YouTube. That's what I mean. Not that you chose chosen after us, but just get automatically flagged. So I'm, I'm just describing the scene for you, okay? So uh, Jacob, James, little James, as he's called, with his walking stick, you know, it's a little hard for me to speak sometimes. Jesus encourages him and, and he says, Look, you're sending us out to heal, but, but I'm not healed myself. And Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Well, yeah, I, I do. And Jesus said, well, you know, you will be, meaning in eternity, in the resurrected body, you'll be healed. But he basically says, you're not healed now because I trust you. My father and I trust you. And he said, but, but Lord, you know, if, if I could be healed, and Jesus said, yeah, it'd be a wonderful story. And I'm not getting this exact line for line, but general, it'd be a wonderful story. And he says, but Jesus says, look, there are dozens, soon there'll be hundreds, there'll be thousands of wonderful stories. But think of your story, that God's using you to heal the sick and you yourself are not healed. And yet you continue to praise God in the midst of the trials. And then ultimately, Jesus is making it clear you're, you're not going to be healed now, but you go and heal others and rejoice in the midst of it. And ultimately, one day you will be healed. Just hang in until then. So it's really well done. It's a powerfully crafted scene. And then when the music comes in and in the background and, and the emotion that James shows, it's very, very well done. And I have no question that it has ministered to a lot of people. That's helped a lot of people who are struggling, who are hurting, and it was a word of comfort to them, a word of encouragement to them. There's nothing wrong with you. This is just my, I chose not to heal you for purpose. This is what they're feeling, but it's ministered to them. So uh, my team member that sent me the video to watch also sent me an interview with Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen, and Nick Vojevich. Uh, you know, I, I checked to make sure I had his name pronounced properly before I said it, and I mispronounced it anyway. But... You know, Nick, what an amazing man of God. What an example. We only met once. He was visiting a church where I was preaching, knew the pastor there, so we got to hang out in the back room. What a great brother. What, what a saint. What, yeah, human being like everybody else, but what an example. You know what I mean? No hands, no feet. He's got one little flipper foot, but that's basically it. What a testimony. I can't imagine how many people he's ministered to. I, I'm sure I've reached people, but oh, he's reached a whole lot more and he's reached them so effectively. And he has a message that's so powerful. I have no question 
that God has used his testimony to save people from hell, to save people from suicide, to save people from depression, to give them hope, to give them vision, to give them purpose. What an example. I bless him and I honor him. So Dallas Jenkins does an interview with him. Here's more of his own story, his own background. And, and then, and then, asked him, what about the scene? So Nick watched it himself. Johnny Erickson Tata watched it and was crying so profusely that she couldn't even see the, the screen through the tears. Nick got a preview of it before it aired, and he said in his words, I was moved, moved, moved. And he said, even the emotion, the way James, he said, I would have said it the same way. But he said, I, I thought of what Paul said. You know, I had a thorn in, in my flesh and I pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away. And, and, and he wouldn't, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. And in the, uh, in the dialogue, Jesus reminds James and, and the chosen of what's written in Job. The Lord gave, the Lord took away, may the name of the Lord be praised. So for Nick, it was deeply moving. And he thinks of all those who haven't gotten healed physically and haven't gotten healed of anxiety or some other emotional or physical disability. And yet they worship God and they praise God and forever in eternity, they'll be healed. So the fact that it ministers the way it does to Johnny Erickson Tata, what a testimony, what an example she has been. The fact that it ministers to Nick Vujicic and the example he's been, I, I respect that. From the heart, I respect it. If I had been in their shoes, I might've completely crumbled. I might've not made it out of the gate at all. I might've given up and been depressed or tried to find a way to take, but who, who knows? They, they are overcomers. They are marvelous, wonderful examples, and I bless them. My question is, was it right to make this scene, put aside the theology itself, and put it on the words of Jesus? Because as Dallas Jenkins recognizes, there's not a single time in the Gospels where Jesus ever refuses to heal. And my wife Nancy watched it and thought it was very powerfully done, but her heart got very saddened because she said, do we, do we want to think that if Jesus was on the earth and there's Johnny maybe laying on the side of the road asking for healing that Jesus would have said, no, no, he would not have. He would have healed her. If, at that time, let's put theology today, healing, let's put that aside for the moment, but he would have healed her. Everyone that came to him in the gospels, he healed. There's not a single example of him refusing. Well, the man at the gate, beautiful, and Jesus would have passed it. We don't know the crowds and how close Jesus got to him. All we know is for sure that there's never an instance in the gospel where anyone comes to him for healing and he says no. And he was revealing the father's heart. Now we know everyone does not get healed in this world. We understand that. And we all die. We understand that. And many of the saintliest people in the earth are the sickest and many of the wickedest people are healthy. I understand all that. And we'll, we'll talk about that theology a little bit more in a moment. But what grieved her was it, presented a different Jesus than the one that was on the earth. You say, yeah, well, anything God ever does and says through history, that's Jesus. I understand, but the gospels are there for a reason. Let's also remember that Jesus gives his disciples authority. For example, Luke 9, 1, over demons and disease. Matthew 10, 1, the same. Mark 6, 12. He, he sends them out to heal and to drive out demons. These things go hand in hand in the gospels because sickness was looked at as a debilitating, negative, destructive condition. The woman in Luke 13, who's crippled and for 18 years is bent over, Jesus says that she was crippled by Satan, crippled by a spirit. So 
this is looked at as something destructive, disfiguring, contrary to God's design, contrary to God's best, contrary to God's plan, and something that ultimately in eternity will be eradicated. So we understand that everyone is healed in this world. We understand that. But there is a revelation of God's heart concerning healing and his desire to heal and his willingness to heal through Jesus. And it's grievous in that sense to put this theology on Jesus' lips. If you really felt it was important to do, then have some Jewish sage, some Jewish wisdom, having a conversation with people. So we can have a dream. But why have Jesus saying no to heal when he never did that on the earth? It's not nitpicking. I honor and respect those involved, but it's burdensome because a lot of people are going to think that's what Jesus did then, and it's not who he was. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, welcome, friends, to the Line of Fire. Michael Brown, delighted to be with you. 866-34-TRUTH is number to call. I'll be getting to call some great questions already. I'll be getting to your calls shortly, but now's a great time to get in line. I'll be able to get your call within the show. Okay. This month, our great theme has been, let's get healthy. Let's get healthy spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Let's do it. Let's get healthy. And, and, and I want to talk to you about a, a exciting sponsorship, just a company really standing with us saying, let's get the line of fire out across the nation as we help people walk in wellness for a purpose. So I'll talk to you about that in a moment. But I thought it'd be a good time while we're talking about let's get healthy to talk about this episode on The Chosen. And a few more reflections, again, with appreciation for the series, with appreciation for those who are being reached, with appreciation for Dallas Jenkins wanting to help people who think, well, everyone just healed all the time, with appreciation for those who have suffered and, and, and you haven't been healed, your child died and you prayed, you cried out, your spouse died, I appreciate your faith. I appreciate you honoring God through, through the valley. I appreciate you saying, I'm gonna praise him even when I'm sick. I'm gonna praise him even when I'm in pain. I'm gonna praise him even when I see this loved one die. If you never listened to Bill Johnson's sermon after leaving his wife, Benny Johnson, Bill Johnson would teach that God's revealed will is that healing is for us and that we can ask him and come for healing that's been provided through the cross. Listen to his sermon after his wife, Benny died after a long battle for cancer with thousands, probably millions of people praying for her healing. Hear his message, which is an example of the very spirit that these brothers are talking about, Dallas Jenkins and Nick, about praising God no matter what and worshiping God no matter what. But a few other thoughts. I would dare say that many of us are sick because of not taking proper care of our bodies. It has nothing to do with God saying, I trust you. I trust you being sick to praise me where someone else is going to heal. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with unhealthy diet, unhealthy lifestyle. Many, if not most of the common sicknesses that we experience in an ongoing level in our American contemporary society are the result of unhealthy lifestyle. Many, most in, in, in a lot of cases. So it has nothing to do with, if, if, if I am eating in an unhealthy way, all right? If I'm eating in an unhealthy way and I'm, Lord, we rebuke the calories in Jesus' name and we turn this into healthy food, nonsense like that, right? 
And as a result of it, I'm getting heart disease. That's not God trusting me. That's not God saying, hey, one day you're going to be healed, but right now you're not. No, that is me abusing the temple that God gave me. This is me abusing the body that he so fearfully and wonderfully made. And many others are sick because they've never pursued God for healing, right? You have not because you ask not, Jacob, James, the fourth chapter. And, and many times we have never sought to cultivate faith for healing. Now, if I pray for someone and they're not healed, if there's unbelief, I say it's mine. <laughs> that's, that's my assumption. If healing comes by faith, James, Jacob, the fifth chapter, that the elders of the congregation are called, if someone's sick, so they're bedridden, they're called, the prayer offered, you anoint him with the oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Right? So if I pray and that person is not healed, I don't say, well, it's a mystery. We don't understand God's will because I, I see God's will revealed in scripture in terms of healing. Right? So I don't say it's a mystery. We don't understand why. If it's a faith issue, I assume it's unbelief on my end. In other words, I'm not going to lay You don't have enough faith. Well, maybe if I had enough faith, that's what it says in Jacob chapter five, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. It's not talking about the sick person's faith, but the, the faith of people praying. So the last thing, the last thing I am doing is saying, well, if you're not healed, you don't have enough faith. You just need more faith. At the same time, many of us have never pursued God for healing and never sought to build faith for healing. So to just assume if I'm sick, it's the will of God. Don't just make that assumption. Some of us struggle with major sin issues in our lives. Is that the will of God? No. We'll never be perfect in this world, but we're to be overcomers. Some struggle with deep depression. Can I say from scripture that it's the will of God that you are depressed? Now, is it your fault you're depressed? No, I'm not saying that. But I could say, Lord, you told me to rejoice. I don't know how to rejoice. I can't. Help me. Help me. So there are many things that we have in this world that are bad, that are hurtful, painful, negative, but they're not necessarily the will of God. For sure, we'll suffer opposition. For sure, we'll suffer persecution for Jesus if we live rightly. And I believe personally that when Paul spoke about the thorn that was given him, it was the severe persecution and hardship that he endured. And that was this constant battering and painful and horrific and, and flogged and beaten and, and, and on and on the sufferings that he had and stoned and imprisoned. That's what I believe the thorn was and other scholars agree, but they're, they're, either, either way, whatever it was, it was because of the great revelations that he had. Many of us are, are, well, none of us are Paul for sure. So don't say, well, what I'm suffering is, is my thorn. Better to say, I don't understand why God hasn't healed me. I'm going to praise him and worship him anyway and love him and let that be my testimony in the midst of pain, in the midst of hardship, manifest joy, manifest grace, manifest trust. And that is a testimony. That is a powerful faith testimony that even though you're not healed, you're going to praise God and worship him and love him and thank him nonetheless. Even though the person you prayed for died, you're going to praise him and thank him and love him nonetheless. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. That's the testimony of faith. But do not therefore conclude, well, I guess God wants me sick. I don't find scripture to support that. And I'm a word guy. I don't find scripture to support that. The last thing I would do is put it on Jesus' lips where Jesus is saying, no, because I trust you. And in fact, in, in, in the theme there in the chosen, there are going to be so many thousands uh, of people with healing testimonies. Let, let, you can be the one who wasn't healed, but still praise God. Well, today I could say it's the opposite. You have a lot more sick than healed. We need a whole lot more healing testimonies to glorify 
the Lord. But either way, we're going to praise him. We're going to love him. We're going to glorify him. No matter what, healed, sick, struggling, battling, we're going to praise him and worship him. Nonetheless, amen and amen to, to Nick and Dallas and, and others for saying that. Absolute gospel truth. However, let's not construct a theology and let's not put it on the lips of Jesus when it's contrary to the revelation of Jesus in scripture and contrary to the overall testimony of scripture. All right, 866-34-TRUTH. We go to the phones. We will start with Alberto in Georgia. Welcome to the line of fire. Well, good afternoon, Mr. Dr. Brown. Hey. Yeah, my question is on the, um, Mark seven thirty three, where Jesus, you know, uh, he puts his fingers in the guy's ear and he's spitting, and he put his finger in the tongue. Is that a Jewish practice that, that Jesus puts his finger in his own tongue or the other guy's tongue? All right, so, so first, um, it, it was not a Jewish practice in terms of this is a, a, a common thing to do. Uh, spit was associated with healing, but magicians used it as well. Uh, pagan deities were said to have the spittle of life. So this was, this was, uh, this was not a typical Jewish way of, of healing. Spittle, again, was thought of in certain circles as having healing powers, but magicians were known to use spittle. This was Jesus doing what he did and, and, and simply doing it his way. So he put his fingers into his ears, meaning the man's ears, and, and after spitting, then he touches the man's tongue. So does it mean he spat on the ground or does it mean he spat on his hand, which is more likely, and then touched his hand to the man's tongue? This would be similar to Jesus in John 9, uh, healing the man who was born blind and taking dirt, spitting on it, and then putting it on the man's eyes. So again, spittle could be used medicinally, but it was also thought of as a practice that magicians used. That's why some critics would say Jesus was acting like a magician. When I was writing my doctoral dissertation on the Hebrew word for healing and looking at healing deities, different gods in the ancient world that were associated with healing, I believe it was said of Marduk, God of the Babylonians, that he had the spittle of life. So you could, if this was a, uh, and Alberta, you're asking a broader question, but if this had been a, uh, today and one of us was directed to heal like this, the critics would be saying, that's of the devil, that's not of God, that's what pagan deities were associated with, that's what magicians were associated with. None of that mattered to Jesus. That's how he did it. Why did he choose to do it in that way? That's a mystery. In other words, we don't know. We don't know why, except that he healed in many different ways. For example, sometimes he just spoke the word like John 4 or Matthew 8. He just spoke the word and the person in question wasn't even there and they were healed. Uh, sometimes he drove demons out of people and then they could either hear or, or speak after that. Uh, in Luke 13, he pronounces this woman free who's been crippled by a spirit, crippled by Satan for 18 years. And then he lays hands on her and she's healed. And, and I think, I think a, a reason for that, Alberto, and, and many feel this way, is that he did it in many different ways so that we would not just try to find a method. Oh, you have to do it like this, or you have to do it like that. Rather, this is what he saw the father doing, and therefore he did it in this particular way. Um, it is very interesting to see that that's, that's what he chose to do. And then he says the word in Aramaic, which is 
be opened. And in fact, there's a call, Alex, I want to get you after the break about the language of the New Testament. Was that Aramaic? Which I understand it was. Some claim it was Hebrew. But either way, he does this. And then he says, be opened. And then his ears were open. His tongue was released. And he spoke plainly. So the key thing is for us to believe in healing as Jesus taught it and demonstrated it. To believe in the power and the anointing of the spirit to seek time with God to meditate on his word to become people of faith and then to minister however the Lord directs us by his spirit and by his word all right we'll be right back thank you sir for the question The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, friends, to Thoroughly Jewish Thursday. Michael Brown coming your way from our Fort Worth studio at Mercy Culture. So glad to be with you. I'm going to go back to the phones momentarily. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Got to be Jewish related for Thursday, but eager to take your call. So friends, we are on the front lines of Jewish outreach. We have been called by God to equip many in the body to do Jewish outreach. You know, uh, Shalanu TV, which is digital in Israel. So it's, it's Hebrew content for Israelis. They've taken my content of answering Jewish objections to Jesus. But rather than having me teach it with Hebrew captions, we, we do that as well in the Middle East, on Middle East TV. I've, we've got teaching with, with Hebrew captions. That's another wonderful way to reach out to Hebrew speakers in Israel. But they have an Israeli brother. So native born Sabra, great voice, great presence, teaching my stuff. So it's, it's my words, but he's teaching it, right? And, and so our resources by God's grace are reaching people. Some of the, the frontline Jewish ministries around the world for many years have drawn on our sources and resources. So we keep equipping and putting out more. And on a regular basis, we are hearing from people who had lost their faith, who had turned away from Jesus because of the teaching of counter-missionary rabbis online and things like that. And they've watched some of our videos and now they're back with the Lord. I mean, it's wonderful to get these reports. We're talking about life and death. We're talking about heaven and hell. We hear from Jewish seekers that are, they, they can't c communicate with us publicly. They won't even call in lest their voice be recognized. We're our source, religious Jews, to bring them to Yeshua, to Jesus. It is frontline ministry. And we continue to produce more of these videos and more of these resources and getting more and more materials out in Hebrew. So here's, here's what I want you to hear that's, that's so important, friends. When we were on, when the line of fire was on in New York City, which we're not, we haven't been for years, the station was too expensive for us. So when we were on, uh, we, we, got call, we got calls from Orthodox rabbis who were regular listeners to the broadcast. The progressive liberal gay rabbi that did the funeral for my mother. My sister asked for a reform rabbi to do the funeral when she passed away. My mom passed away five years ago. And the rabbi that did it 
was invited by the, the, the cemetery to do it, they said to him, Rabbi, you okay with doing this? This is the, the mother of Dr. Michael Brown. And, and he said, oh, no problem. They said, this is the mother of Dr. Michael Brown. He goes, oh, go, oh, oh, okay. He goes, no, I haven't. So in other words, they knew that some rabbis would have a problem doing a service for my mother because I'm the infamous Michael Brown who's reaching all these Jewish people for Jesus. So anyway, when we met, we had some really good time together, you know, warm conversation and, and, and interacted further after that. But he, when he called me to tell me what happened, he goes, I listen to your show all the time. If I miss it on radio, I get the podcast. But he heard me because I was on this big station in New York City. We want to get back on these stations. We want to get back on. We want to expand. We're burdened to do it. Think of all the Jewish people around America that we could talk to and we could share the gospel with and we could answer their questions and we could help them come to Yeshua and the Christians who were struggling with their questions that we could help them. Think of that. Here's a way to help us do it. Trivita, a company devoted to wellness for a purpose, has joined forces with us. And they said, what we want to do, now hear me, there's no hype, no exaggeration here. What we want to do is advertise on your broadcast, right? Because there's advertising time every show. This, this month, we're playing these ads during showtime to get you to know Trivita. But otherwise, every day, there's ads time. They said, we want to buy that advertising time and we want to take the funds that come in to get you on radio around America. This is, this is an answer to years of prayer. The best thing is though, the supplements really work. I'm telling you, I, I was talking to the head of the company uh, last night, even and I said, I am supercharged. I started taking some of their supplements. Remember, I live a healthy, healthy lifestyle. That's where it all starts. But I've been amazed. So check this out. Let me play this ad for you. And then we're going to come back and go straight to the phones. Let's listen. Nitric oxide was not widely publicized until about 1998. The doctors, they received the Nobel Prize for the discovery of this molecule. A miracle molecule that helps increase blood flow for energy. When the body is under the need for more energy, it releases nitric oxide, which dilates those arteries to increase blood flow. And it sends messages back to our central nervous system in our brain that says, we need more blood flow to supply this need. A miracle molecule that helps increase blood flow for enhanced performance, vitality, and energy, and even helps lower blood pressure. Try Nitric Oxide Plus with a no-risk, 100% money-back guarantee. The good news is, is that we have a mechanism for increasing nitric oxide production in our bodies. Do something good for your heart and cardiovascular system. Learn how to get a free sample and 25% off Nitric Oxide Plus. Call 800-477-4816 or go to Trivita.com. Use promo code BROWN23 in the shopping cart to receive 25% off your first order and a free sample. You will also receive the 10 Habits of Wellness book absolutely free. And Trivita will give a substantial portion of your order to help support the Line of Fire radio broadcast. Go to Trivita.com or call 800-477-4816. Here's the number to call. Are you ready? It is 1-800-477-4816. 800-477-4816. Tell them Dr. Brown sent you, okay? Ah, I got it. It's playing. You heard it on the stream if you're watching, but you're not hearing it on radio. My apologies. We will get this sorted out. So call in, use the code BROWN23, BROWN23, 
or go to Trivita.com. Use the code BROWN23. It'll give you a 25% discount. You'll get a free book, Michael Ellison's book, 10 Habits of Wellness. That's yours to keep. Check out nitric oxide. That's what the ad was about. That's a supplement I've been taking daily for over a month now, and I'm blown away by the results. Seriously, no hype. Check this out. If you don't like it, full money-back guarantee. It helps get the blood flowing. It helps, it helps with oxygen, a whole bunch of other positive things that it does. So go to Trivita.com. Use the code BROWN23. Check out anything you want there, but start with the nitric oxide, okay? You'll get the free book as well. That's yours to keep. Or call 1-800-477-4816. 1-800-477-4816. Do it right now. You'll be blessed and know that a substantial portion of your order will go to get the line of fire across the nation. Think of that. All right, we go back to the phones and we start with Alex in Huntersville, North Carolina. Thanks so much for holding. Welcome to the line of fire. Uh, hello, Dr. Brown. How are you today, sir? Doing very well. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if you recall, we spoke uh, December 12th of last year. And I, do uh, yes, I had sir. called I in on the Trinity. Yep. Okay. Uh, and we had gotten to the language of the New Testament. Uh, I claimed it was Hebrew. You said it was Greek. Uh, you specifically gave me a challenge to find, and you mentioned uh, the book of Corinthians, the letters to the Corinthians, the letters to the Philippians. Uh, stating that uh, Paul would not be writing in Hebrew to pagans. Okay. Uh, I didn't say pagans, to Gentile Christians. Correct. They would not understand Hebrew, and there'd be no reason that he would be writing in Hebrew to Gentile Christians. Exactly. And there is not a stitch of evidence anywhere in the ancient world that that's what he did. Okay. Uh, my my position was, as as I said then, that our people... The children of Israel, the Jews, have been all over the world. As Christians do now, we used to do. We had synagogues everywhere from Egypt all the way through the world. Uh, and you had mentioned that it would be like if you started speaking Russian on the radio and imagine that people would understand. And to me, it's just the opposite. If we went to Russia and spoke English... They would understand English anywhere uh, on but the hang planet. On, hang, that on, hang on, They didn't yeah. export Hebrew around the world. They learned the languages. Why was the Septuagint translation done? Because the Jews in the Greek world didn't speak Hebrew anymore. Why were the Targums added, the Aramaic paraphrase translation to the reading of the Torah? Because in many parts of the Jewish world, the Jews didn't understand Hebrew, so they had to have it translated into Aramaic, which was their language. That's why you have... Arabic translations and other translations because they didn't know Hebrew anymore. So they didn't teach the world Hebrew. They learned the language of the other nations to the point that many Jews no longer knew Hebrew. So again, it's the exact opposite of what you're arguing, sir. Well, I, I would ask you who taught the Jews to speak Hebrew again then? The Greeks? I mean, the Romans? No, they learned it. Because because it's Hebrew a Canaanite speak, dialect. Hebrews... Hebrew is a Canaanite dialect. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants learned it because that's the way the Canaanites spoke. And then it became their own language called Hebrew. But Isaiah 19 calls it Sfat Kana'an, the, the language of Canaan. Hebrew is a Canaanite dialect. 
Well, I would, <clears throat> excuse me, I would, I would ask you this, since especially languages is your forte, uh, and it's not a topic that on the radio in a few minutes that we can get to the, to the, you know, to the bottom of it or anywhere, anywhere near there. Uh, I've heard you repeatedly challenge rabbis, Dr. Singer, uh, Rabbi Singer, the black uh, Hebrew Israelites that you would debate them anywhere, anytime. I would give you a, a challenge the same as you gave to me. Uh, if you would sit down and actually have a debate on this. Uh, but, but there's nothing to debate, sir. You can show, if you no, can show Alex, your point here. of view. Right, right. I will I, give I just, a thousand want, dollars. I, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I can hardly hear you, sir. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, if if you could, I would debate with you anywhere, anytime. If you can show that what you're saying, I will donate a thousand dollars to your favorite charity. If I can show that it was Hebrew, you donate a thousand dollars to uh, show, show to of who? North, of, All right. Uh, so, so Alex, yeah, here's here's the challenge. Yeah. Okay, here here's the challenge. Um, there is no debate. There's no debate here. There is not a scholar on the planet who would argue that Paul wrote in Hebrew to the Corinthians and all the Corinthians understood Hebrew. Or that that was the, no one with any credibility, no scholar on the planet, would, there's, there's no debate to have, okay? And if, if I, I said I would debate recognized Hebrew Israelite leaders, why? Because you gotta be fair to those you're debating. You gotta debate someone that has credibility and that is viewed as a leader or an expert in their field, otherwise it's unequal, okay? Many times we can't get people willing to do that, but that's the goal, so it's a fair debate. This is not a fair debate, sir. What you're saying is 100% false, and I could prove it to everybody there, right? I may not prove it to you, sir, but there's no debate to be had. That's the problem. I say that with kindness. We'll be right back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Truth. Let's go back to the phones. We'll start with Judy in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Welcome to the line yes. of fire. Hello. Good afternoon, doctor. I appreciate your expertise so much. Sure. Um, there's a little echo on the phone. I'm not in front of the TV. I don't know why. So I'll try to get out my question. Um, I'm going to modify the original question I had after I heard what you said a few minutes ago. Um, certainly, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm not Jewish background, but I find myself always with the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, I've, I went to a Messianic church, and now I've moved somewhere, even without knowing, I'm finding myself, I'm, I'm with Orthodox Jewish people where I live. I'm surrounded. I think I'm the only one. 
Wow. They're very they're very dedicated. They want to uh yeah, of course. To not be Yeah. So my question is if the in the scriptures it says there's a veil. And one day though I get emotional. Go ahead. One day that veil will be removed. Yes. So if if there's a veil and I, I see that there's such a disinterest, it's difficult to approach Jewish people uh, in certain situations. Um, if this is like inevitable that this is the way it's going to happen, that one day they'll see what they don't see, what's the point? And are they really lost if... You know, I'm not Calvinistic in my beliefs at all. I'm, I'm very much in, mm-hmm. you know, we have free will, and we have the obligation, like Jesus insisted and instructed, that we have to spread the gospel. Right, right. So, so let, me, yeah, let, me, let me try to answer the questions you're asking. First, every person outside of Jesus we view as lost. Jew, Gentile, educated, uneducated, religious, irreligious, devout Muslim, devout Jew, atheist, criminal, we view all people as lost outside of Yeshua and needing God's mercy. God is their judge. They will give account to God, not to us. God is the one who ultimately says who gets in and who doesn't get in. But based on what he has revealed to us, since Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, right? That's number one. Number two, there's salvation in no other name outside of his name. This is what's clearly declared in, in, the, in the scripture. And without his blood atonement, we are lost. We are in sin. We, we cannot, with all of our good works and devotion, get right with God. We view everyone as lost and needing salvation. That's the first thing. The second thing is, it says in 2 Corinthians 3, when anyone, speaking of a Jewish person, turns to the Lord, the veil will be removed. So traditional Jews, religious Jews in many ways are so near and yet so far. They're praying for hours, they're studying for hours. They're, they're crying out to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for redemption. It is heartbreaking to think of it. Well, am I saying they're all going to hell? God knows. God knows every life. God knows every life, okay? What I'm saying is I pray for them as the lost sheep of the house of Israel that, that the one that they are seeking so earnestly would be revealed to them. And there are religious Jews today and, and through history that have come to faith in Yeshua. So in your situation, the best thing to do is just be Christian. Pray for them in private. Obviously, your heart breaks for them. You have love. Pray for them in private. Pray for God to save. Pray for God to open their heart. Pray for God to open their mind. And just be a genuine Christian. Take an interest in people's lives. Be a friend if you can. Be a help if you can. Shine light and don't try to push the gospel down their throat. Uh, if there's an interest, they can come and talk to you. If a door opens, let that be the case. If the Lord leads you in a specific way to share your faith or while well, you love the Jewish people, go ahead and do that. But as much as they're devoted, they're still human beings who need the Lord. And all of our righteousness is like filthy rags in God's sight. So keep, keep praying. All right, thank you. Thank you very much for the call. All right, so let me just remind you again uh, because we had a problem playing our ad this, uh, 
uh, this segment, and we really want to encourage you to take advantage of this. Two big reasons I'm encouraging you, especially with this Let's Get Healthy thrust this month. So you're going to hear a lot more about this this month than other times. The two real reasons I'm encouraging you to check out our new sponsor's products. One, I really believe they'll help you. If I didn't, I wouldn't tell you. If someone said, well, donate a million dollars to your ministry to help you reach people if you'll advertise this product, if I didn't believe it was going to really help and if it was in harmony with the larger goals of our ministry, I'd say, that's really generous of you, but sorry, I can't do it. I wouldn't think of it for a split second, and no one on our team would ever present it to me because they knew I wouldn't do it. And in fact, Michael Ellison, the, the, the founder and president of Trivita, said, before you talk about it on the air, I want you to try it. And if you don't really believe it works, let's not do this. So I really believe these supplements help. They're not substitutes for healthy eating and living, but I really believe they can help you in many, many ways. The second thing is, every order you make is helping us get on more radio stations, is helping us reach more Jewish people, is helping us shout out a voice of moral sanity and spiritual clarity to a, to a society in chaos and a church all too often in compromise. What a way to be blessed. And there's no risk if, if you feel what you bought doesn't really work. It's a money-back guarantee. So here's the number to call. 800-477-4816. 800-477-4816. And use the code BROWN23. or just send you call in. Dr. Brown sent you, right? BROWN23 will get you 25% discount plus the free 10 Habits of Wellness book. Starting off, interesting, with the importance of sleep in the book. Yeah. Or go to trivita.com, T-R-I-V-I-T-A, trivita.com and use the code BROWN23. And then let us know if you find these beneficial. Let us know. We'll, we'll share the good news with others. Okay, let us go to Robert in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the line of fire. Oh, Robert. I guess Robert is gone. Let us go to Fab in Boston. Welcome to the line of fire. Hi, Dr. Brown. Nice talking to you again. Bless yes. you. Yes. Go ahead. All right. I need some help, okay? I need, to, I, I need to understand something, and I know that you're the perfect guy for this. All right. Let's try So I'm messianic in my faith, but it, you can call me Christian, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm attending a Lutheran church right now because I have a best friend who's Lutheran, but because they train up their pastors to both biblical Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. So they're good in that way. And so I'm really attracted to the, the Bible studies and they, they say that they're sola scriptura. They say that they're biblical, but I would have a few debates on that. But one of the things that's happening is I'm perfectly happy to just keep attending, uh, you know, but Mm I, I don't, want to say to them, no, I can't be a member because, you know, uh, my generations would turn in their grave. But my my major concern is I'm not taking what I think is like for them communion, which is a super huge, big, massive deal with Lutherans. How, how and the reason... Yeah, go ahead. The reason I'm not doing that is because they say that it's the literal blood and the literal body of Yeshua, you know, not like transubstantiation, but it's literally that's what it is, and you have to be in agreement with them. And I just 
I, so I don't right. know. I, mean, I, I thought I thought Lutherans taught that the real presence of Christ was in the elements, but that they were not actually his body and blood, which would be transubstantiation, which uh, Catholics would teach. Okay. Okay. I'm going to believe you on that because I, I'm having a hard time grasping what they're yeah, trying so to ask say. Them if they're saying that he is present in the elements in a real way, but the elements themselves are not literally his body and blood. So a Catholic, you know, the wafer, you wouldn't chew on it because, you know, literally the, the body of Christ and you want to be reverential. Uh, if, if they say his presence is there, right, uh, in the elements, but it's not literal body and blood, if, if that was something that you could accept, if you felt okay with that, that's one thing. You know, you could partake in that way. If you say, I see it a little differently, but I'm doing it between me and God. In other words, you may have a certain view of this. I'm doing this between, between me and God. Then, you know, that's, that's the other option to say, okay, it means this to you. I don't agree fully uh, because I believe when we take communion, the presence of God is there in a unique way as we take it, not in the elements, but there in, 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 in the process of what we're doing, that he's there in, in a real way, in a powerful way to, to work and to act, etc. cetera. Um, but obviously I'd be closer to the Lutheran view than the Catholic view. If I was with them uh, and they taught what they taught, I, I would take communion probably in my own way before God. In other words, Lord, you know what this means to me as I'm doing it. If you talk to the pastor and he says, well, that's unacceptable. You have to do exactly as we say. Well, if you can't agree with that, then you have to abstain and good conscience. But otherwise, if they're preaching the gospel and, and they're true to scripture, um, Lutherans have repudiated, repudiated the anti-Semitism of, of Martin Luther long ago, so it could be fine. Hey, John in Lincoln, Illinois, did Jesus read Hebrew? Yes, of course, absolutely, certainly. And he read the scroll in, in Luke 4, certainly was reading Hebrew. All right, God bless friends, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Another program powered by the Truth Network.